when you get in contact with the right people and surround yourself with people doing the things that you want to do, you know, you'll be really surprised at just like where the opportunities are taking. So meeting people, telling people what, what you're doing and just creating like sort of that, that thought leadership platform. Welcome. This is the Hot Real Estate Investing Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping others through real estate investing. Our hosts interview guests from all aspects of real estate investing who generously share valuable experiences and advice. Whether you're starting out or an experienced investor, this is the show for you. Hello and how's it going? My name is Travis Shelton and welcome to the Hot Real Estate Investing Podcast where I interview guests who want to help others investing in real estate and really looking forward to deep dive into some multifamily underwriting and ways to find multifamily off-market deals today with Justin Gooden, the CEO of Next Level Equity. Justin, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Travis. Absolutely. Well, can you give our audience a little bit more about yourself and your real estate focus, uh, maybe a little bit more about Next Level? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm here in Indianapolis, Indiana. I've been here my whole life. I got my first taste of real estate. I started with and flips and single family home investing and quickly found out that it was not passive. It wasn't providing the passive income that you know I was looking for when you hear about real estate. So I kind of gravitated towards real estate syndications and apartment investing, raising capital from investors to go after these you know larger um, properties that provide more scale, properties that you know we normally couldn't afford on our own. So I actually went to uh, business school for finance and supply chain management. After business school, I started working for a commercial bridge lender as a multifamily underwriter. Uh, you know, did that for a number of years before going full time into real estate syndications. And that was actually, you know, fantastic opportunity for, for myself and provided a good foundation for what I do now. You know, just being, you know, being able to see how banks underwrite deals, how they evaluate sponsors. All of that kind of like set me up for success and built a, a good foundation for what I do now. So Next Level Equity, we're based here in Indianapolis, Indiana. We buy medium and large scale multifamily properties here in Indianapolis and nearby markets. That's wonderful. I can't think of a better back background than underwriting before you kind of get into this world because like you know the ins and outs and you know what lenders are looking for and financing is obviously incredibly important in any kind of these multifamily deals or syndications. Um, can I clarify one thing? Did you do any limited partner investing uh, in these bigger scale apartments before you dived in, or did you dive straight into kind of the GP or the or the owner or that side of the things? Yeah, no limited partner investing. I kind of just you know sit into being a general partner, and I've actually only invested in my own deals that I've done so far today. Wonderful, that's amazing. I love it. Um, so we always start our our shows off with some motivation. So what's the motivational quote you'd like to share? Yeah, I guess like the one thing that comes to mind is anything is possible if you're willing to work for it, and that's a you know really nice quote from Rob Deerdeck, and. You know, kind of just uh, goes back to, you know, you know, how hard you really are you willing to work for something like how you know bad do you want something? I think that if you're like, um, if you're never going to quit, then success is inevitable. So that's uh, you know a model I like to live by. No, I love it, and it's it's always it's always crazy to me because entrepreneurs will work so hard in life to not have to work a W two job or forty hours a week, and and it's it's funny because I, I you know my my healthcare my background is healthcare, 
and people are working 60, 70 hours a week and they don't get overtime. They don't get anything. It's just kind of discretionary effort. Right. And yet, um, they're unwilling to work a little bit harder to be able to get the freedom. But yet these entrepreneurs like yourself, you know, you'll work crazy hours so that you don't have to work 40 hours at another job. So I love the hard work mentality. And I think it's, 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 yeah, it's so evident in every entrepreneur I speak to. So maybe transitioning into the main topic now, how can you help our audience of real estate investors? We talked a little bit before we hit the recording, you know, maybe starting with how can you help or what are some pearls that you know about finding off-market multifamily properties? Good question. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of buying either direct to seller, you know, and or off-market opportunities. Actually, my, my last three acquisitions as of now have all been off-market and uh, direct to seller. Nice. So I've done, a, I found a deal from direct mail marketing. I found two deals from a cold email. Um, I've tried text messaging. So there's a, a variety of ways that you could kind of think outside the box and, you know, find these owners directly. And the reason that I like off market deals and working with sellers directly is that you, know, you can find opportunities that are, you know, real value add opportunities, not something that's been cycled through different investors or listed from a broker for, a, for like an inflated price. And, you know, I, I do look at deals from brokers, talk to a lot of brokers all the time and keep a pulse in the market for sure. sure. But I found some really good success just going direct to seller and finding these, these like real gems um, of, of properties. So are you using like a, a specific tool or resource to, to kind of send out your marketing or you, you know, kind of walk me through a little bit of that. Like, how are you going direct to seller text message marketing? Are, are you using systems like uh, VAs, like get, dive a little bit more into the, the process maybe. Start with um, the last acquisition I had that I found through a cold email. So the first step is going to be getting a, a list of some sort. And there's you know, a variety of websites and data companies out there that provide these uh, you know, lists of properties and their owners. Of course, it's, it's data. It's never going to be 100% correct. Yeah. But you know, it takes a little bit of luck, a little bit of persistence, and you can really find uh, you know, your, your next acquisition. So the data company that I use is CoStar, which I'm okay. sure you know, a lot of your audience is familiar with. Um, you know, download a list from CoStar or find somebody that has CoStar access and, you know, put in the criteria of the property that you're looking for. I'm more of the approach of, you know, marketing to properties exactly tailored to the criteria I'm looking for. So if you're not going to buy a 400 unit property, don't waste your time, you know, marketing to these 400 unit property owners. Um, if you're not looking for a five unit, then you know, don't waste your time, you know, looking for a five unit or buying a property that's going to be a state over. So pick your the exact criteria of the property you want to buy and download that data source, that data list from GoStart. The next step is getting that list, uh, what is called skip trace. And mm -hmm. you can find a variety of virtual assistants and people on the internet to skip trace the property address. And in return, they can give you back a owner email, owner phone number. And again, it's data. It's never going to be 100% correct. But uh, those are the two things that I did in order to start marketing to these, these sellers directly. 
Very nice. I, I love it. Yeah, and really good resources there. I don't think everyone's got a subscription to CoStar, but definitely working with brokers or other people that have access, that's, that's a great resource. Um, so, uh, you know, wh- I guess what is your specific criteria at Next Level? Are you guys looking for a specific tool, uh, range of, of values, or kind of what is your buy box? Yeah, we're looking for properties between 75 and 200 units. Uh, B class and A class deals here in Indianapolis or larger markets here in Indiana. All we buy is stable cash flowing properties that are, you know, day one, uh, you know, like, like the medium value add opportunities. We don't buy anything that's, you know, on fire or in a high crime area. Just looking for properties that may need like a little bit of TLC and have some, you know, significant upside to the next owner. Okay. Great. Well, I guess the next step is right after you find these owners and you negotiate and you're starting to talk about them, you know, underwriting is incredibly important. And with your background, you know, really wanted to kind of deep dive into some underwriting with you. So um, help me there. Like, how are you underwriting these deals? Um, Do you have a resource or a calculator that you like to utilize best? Uh, Maybe we'll start there. Yeah, great question. I'm 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 a very analytical person. I love numbers. I love spreadsheets. I love you know, just getting it in the weeds of any analysis. So I actually built a multifamily value add underwriting model myself. Nice. And I'm using that for all my acquisitions uh, moving forward. But, you know, the first step that I like is kind of just, um, you know, creating a pro forma. So you're going to get the, you know, basic assumptions into an underwriting model. You're going to start with the in-place rents, and that'll start your month one pro forma income numbers. You'll put in your operating expense numbers, you know, your payroll, your marketing, your tax assumptions, insurance assumptions, and then you'll put in, you know, your basic growth um, assumptions. So your organic rent growth, your expense growth, and you'll, you know, start to create your basic year one through year five or year one through year 10, whatever your whole period is. You'll start to, you know, make that baseline pro forma. And then uh, regarding your tool, um, you know, like what kind of norms are you putting in there right now? Has that changed in the last six months to year? Um, You know, help me there with some of your assumptions, maybe that your underwriting tool utilizes. Yeah, great question. So one key feature in this underwriting model that I built is you can actually individually grow your uh, income numbers or your expense numbers. So, for example, uh, repairs and maintenance, payroll, insurance, real estate taxes. Uh, you know, depending on what's what part of the country you're in, your real estate taxes may be growing, you know, eight, fifteen percent year over year. So mm-hmm. I saw like a lot of underwriting models out there that had just that basic uh, input okay. for all of your expense items. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, your your payroll, your utilities might grow with that two, three percent. But you know, as you know, you know, insurance has skyrocketed, taxes have skyrocketed. So I built this model where you can individually grow each expense item, you know, based on the assumptions you're comfortable with. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, because it, it's like it, it, there always seem to be lacking something, right? And it's I, I feel like the best end up doing their own underwriting or creating their own because of all these different assumptions. And you just have to know what you want to assume and don't assume. But I like that because I do. I struggle with that myself when I underwrite deals because 
not all of them are going to go up by the same percent, but these, exactly. most of the tools are, you know, you can put 2% or 3% in there, you put in 1% and it, it's across the board. So I love that. So talk to me a little bit more, maybe our audience, like where can people find your underwriting tool? Is it available out there for a fee or maybe free for the audience? Yeah, you can go to nextlevelfinancialmodeling.com. We have uh, three different underwriting models as of now, one just for you know, your standard multifamily value add opportunities. Another one is a back of the envelope underwriting model. So, you know, if, if you're like me, you look at a ton of deals, you don't want to spend three hours underwriting each one. So I built this awesome back of the envelope underwriting model where you can, you know, literally underwrite a deal in less than 10 minutes. Uh, nice. So that's like a really, a really good one. I've had some fantastic feedback about. And then also a asset management uh, Excel model. And I use this to track all of my actual versus um, or get, uh, underwriting on all my deals. So it's a underwriting model where you can like track all of your KPIs and different metrics and, you know, at, track your actual versus original underwriting assumptions. Um, so you can you can find all that at nextlevelfinancialmodeling.com. OK, wonderful. Thanks. I appreciate that. And I'm sure our audience will as well. Um, so what are some other things that are maybe making you successful or stand out to be able to, to maybe procure some of these deals and off market deals? Is it, uh, your underwriting is just that much tighter than other people or because you're finding the off market deals? Like, how are you successfully, I guess, winning, you know, winning over some of these mom and pop, uh, sellers in Indiana? Great question. So if I ever get t contacted by a a seller directly or even like a mom and pop owner, mm -hmm. my main goal is to like build a relationship with, with that person. You, you know, you probably heard that a million times before, but it's, it's so true. I don't yeah. talk about purchase price. I don't talk about numbers. I want to get in front of them. I want to meet them in person, take them out to lunch, take them to coffee, meet them at their property, whatever I can do to like, Get get in front of them, show that I'm a, I'm a real person, that I'm local here in this market, that I I'm a you know real guy, uh, you know whatever I can do to like build rapport with that with that seller, that's where I, I've had the most uh, success and just um, just showing them that I, I'm, a, I'm a real person and I'm not going to you know scam them or or screw them over basically. <laughs> Are you, are you typically able to get in front of these owners or is like you said, like sometimes it's a cold email is, is the goal to try to schedule some face to face time with them? It is. Yeah. That, that's my main goal. Uh, okay. I, you know, when I get a response back, I'll either, you know, call them on the phone, have a short conversation to build some rapport. And the next step after that is, you know, seeing the property or talking about it over coffee, over, over lunch. Um, but just doing something to get in front of them, and I think like once you see them in person and once they see that you're a real person and incredible buyer, I, I think that's where like relationships are, are made. And, you know, once they know, like and trust you, that's the person that they're going to give the deal to. So that, that's what I would recommend. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I find it. Um, it's like there's so many people out there trying to do some of the same techniques that um, sometimes they're hearing the same message from multiple people. But I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head. If you can get that face to face and actually build rapport, I think there's so much AI and people doing stuff with just mailers or, you know, emails that um, especially I think where our silver tsunami is coming, right? And then we have so many people going to sell that have owned these assets. 
those sorts of sellers want the face-to-face and not just the the transactional. It's a little bit more than just the price with them, which is a win for us as investors. Um, So like, what are some red flags that you're seeing maybe out there in the market today? Or, uh, you know, maybe back to what are some of those assumptions that you're currently utilizing when you're underwriting deals? Is it very specific to like, hey, CoStar says there's a 7% vacancy rate, so I'm keeping a 7% vacancy rate? Or it's, I know this Indianapolis market, it's 5%, I'm going to underwrite with 5%. Help me, help me like where your assumptions have kind of been and where they're going, I guess. Yeah, I think it starts with having, you know, very like uh, specific local market knowledge. So, you know, knowing where exactly you're investing, you know, I, I invest here in my backyard in Indianapolis and nearby markets. So, you know, I, I very much know Indianapolis and good areas, bad areas. So I'm taking that into consideration as well. I'm talking yeah. to property management companies about our performa, our projections, our vacancy rates, like you mentioned. I'm shopping the nearby comps asking them how occupied they are. And of course, yeah, using uh, third-party data sources like CoStar, talking to brokers, um, like really doing anything and everything I can to, you know, make the most realistic, but, um, you know, conservative analysis that I can. Excellent. Now, what's the, what's the biggest challenge you're facing in, in your business today? Like within, you know, growing or expanding your portfolio, maybe selling some of your current assets. What's your, what's your biggest challenge? Yeah, for me, I guess like the biggest challenge is just finding deals that pencil out. And that's because there's still like a really large uh, bid ask spread between the buyers and the sellers in the market. Uh, you know, as you know, interest rates are higher than how they were two, three years ago. So like when your cost of capital increases, you know, us as a, you know, buyers, we can afford to pay less for some of these properties. And, you know, if you were selling a property, you don't want to take a discount or sell it for three, $5 million less. So there's still like a little bit of a, you know, delay in what's happening in the market. And there's yeah. still just that, that gap. Uh, but where buyers can pay and where sellers actually want to let a property go. There, yeah, there's always going to be that divide, right? Um, but I guess if you're 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 direct to seller on a lot of these deals, are you trying to target more owner finance or maybe interest rates that can be carried over? Is that part of your your buy box or your criteria that you're currently using, or? Are you still kind of penciling or back in the napkin using your underwriting tool, kind of um, looking at all deals, even at the higher interest rates currently? Still looking at all deals with, uh, you know, higher interest rates. If seller financing is a possibility, I mean, yeah, definitely open that as well. If the seller owns a property free and clear, maybe they've owned it for 25, 30 years. uh, Yeah, that could be, you know, definitely a good possibility. Um, yeah, open to any and all options, just kind of depending on what makes sense for, for me as the buyer and, and the seller as well. What is up, Hot REI Nation? My name is Jordan Nadella with Simplicity Lending Group and powered by Nexa Mortgage. As the nation's largest broker, Nexa Mortgage offers a variety of creative and competitive loan options through our 170 plus partnerships to help you achieve home ownership with the speed and service that you deserve. Whether you are a first-time homebuyer or an experienced investor, I'm dedicated to finding the right program to fit your financial goal. 
My mission is to make home ownership a very easy and seamless process from start to finish. If you are in the market today to purchase real estate, please contact me to find the best mortgage solution for your needs. All right, great. Well, I think I've asked most of the questions I want. Is there anything I missed or a couple main points that you want to re-highlight um, about our discussion today? No, I think I'm all set. Awesome. Well, are you ready for the hot seat? I'm ready. All right. We ask all our uh, guests the same final four hot questions. And so, Justin, number one, what is one book you'd recommend to someone to wanting to know more about real estate investing? Yeah, speaking for you know the active real estate investors, if you're looking to be an active real estate investor and you know more on the commercial multifamily side, you know one of my all-time favorite books is going to be the best ever real estate syndication book by Joe Fairlist. It's pretty much like the encyclopedia of real estate syndications. Uh, you know, one of my favorite books, and I've, I've read it a few times actually. Yeah, it's it's almost like the Bible of real estate syndication for me too. I, I'm like I'm looking at it; it was right there. I almost went and grabbed it just so I could show it. But yeah, that's that's a great one. Um, it, what's your favorite productivity tip, trick, tool, maybe an app or time saver that lets you get more done than the normal person? Yeah, I really enjoy using Monday.com. It's sort mm -hmm. of like a online calendar slash productivity app website. So I use monday.com a lot and I'm really huge on just having the calendar on my on my email on my phone. You know, if, it, if it's not on my calendar, then it's probably not going to happen because I, I will not remember. So really big on, <laughs> on keeping track in the calendar. No, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, what's your f biggest real estate mistake or failure and what did you learn from it? My biggest mistake in the beginning was probably not creating a thought leadership platform and just not talking about what I'm doing. So, you know, today I have a uh, Facebook group. I'm really active on LinkedIn. We host a monthly multifamily meetup here in Indianapolis. So, I mean, just doing things to get in front of people, talk about what you're doing. You never know where one conversation is going to take you or meeting somebody, you know, when you get in contact with the right people and surround yourself with people doing the things that you want to do, you know, you'll be really surprised at just like where the opportunities will take you. So meeting people, telling people what, what you're doing and just creating like sort of that, that thought leadership platform. No, that's excellent. And one of the reasons why I started this podcast, basically after some advice from Joe Fairless, right? Um, oh. And then if you could be remembered for one thing, Justin, what would it be? It's always yeah, the hardest I, one. <laughs> it is. I'd probably say just um, I want to be remembered as being like an easygoing guy, easy to get along with, willing to help people out, being a good husband, a good son, a good brother, a good friend. Um, so kind of just being that person that people could rely on when, when they need something. No, that's great. Um, so the best place for the hot REI community to connect with Justin is going to be at nextlevelequity.com or on LinkedIn at Justin Gooden. We'll be sure to include those as well as his financial modeling links in our show notes. Um, thank you, Justin, so much to, for joining me today. I really think our audience is going to learn a ton of how to find some good multifamily off-market deals and hopefully utilize your underwriting tools uh, to be able to further evaluate you know, good opportunities there, that were out there. So really appreciate your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
Yeah, and to the audience, thank you for tuning in today and commit to taking action today to move your investing forward. Take care and God bless. Thank you for listening to the Hot Real Estate Investing Podcast. Check out our website, hotrei.com, for additional content and resources. And please take a moment to subscribe and leave a review so we can continue to bring even more value to others through real estate investing.